Good morning. It is good to be together this morning on this uh, brisk Sunday morning. Good to be awake and alert to uh, worship the Lord together. Our, uh, we are sort of uh, in between. We finished our series on conversations with Jesus uh, last week, and next week begins Advent. And so we have this sort of pause, and uh, we are going to look then at our theme for the day, which is Christ the King. And our text, our New Testament text, comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 1. So if you want to turn there, uh, chapter 1, beginning with verse 4, Revelation, the very last book in our Bible. Listen again to God's word to us. John, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This too is word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Indeed, today is Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday in our uh, liturgical year as the church year comes to an end next Sunday will be the beginning of a new church year as it comes to an end it seems appropriate to me to look back and to remember what we have been through this past year in this past year if you remember a year ago Advent Advent was almost normal right we were back together inside for Advent Uh, we went in the course of this past year from wearing masks, everyone wearing masks in church, to masks being optional. Uh, Remember in uh, in December, Mark Hutton came as our interim pastor. Uh, You remember his sermon in January where he exhorted us to know Jesus and to make him known. In, uh, I think it was January, we welcomed a new communications director, Sandra Haga, and the gifts that she has brought to us. Uh, this was more important for some of us than others, but we sur- well, we welcomed baby Phoebe, right? And we survived Goody's maternity leave uh, for, I think it was 12 months, 15 months. I can't remember how long it was. Uh, we had uh, Tanya Kronstadt step down from being our middle school director. We had Brad and Jamie uh, leaving as our youth pastor. But before they left, right, they led one last great escape trip. We uh, had our awesome transition team chaired by Stephanie Wheatley, and they led us through a congregational survey. They led us through, uh, what, 43 congregational conversations uh, and all the work they put through. And then uh, in September, we endured the abrupt departure of Mark Hutton. We uh, have enjoyed the incredible work of Kat Burgett. And as she works together with our youth, with our volunteers, with our parents, uh, leading our youth ministry, 
the great job she's done. We had two new members classes. At, I don't know, probably about 30 new members joined this year. Uh, we had babies born this year. I can't, I don't try to name them all, but those of you who know, remember, remember those babies being born? <laughs> Maybe for us as a congregation, this new way of staffing our nursery, where all members are, are, have a responsibility to work in the nursery, we did that this year. Uh, we had over 100 men on the men's retreat in October. We had, woohoo, we had uh, over 90 women on the women's retreat. And I think even more important than the numbers, right, was the spirit that was there for both of those retreats, the way the Holy Spirit showed up. We had, what, about 80 people involved in small groups on suppers, simple suppers, what's it called? <laughs> Supper in small groups, thank you, uh, on Wednesday evenings. And this week, we did complete our mission study and sent it off to Presbytery. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we'll hear more about this later, but our first worship CD produced by Black Milk Arts is out this week, next week, this week. So, uh, and then uh, we've also had some losses, right? We lost uh, beloved members, uh, Joe Oldham, uh, important to our congregation. We lost her to death this year. Any other members that died in the past 12 months? I, she's the only one I could remember. I remember Joe, all right? We also lost members who, who moved away, or I, I don't, I, actually they didn't move away, we sent them, all right? Uh, part of Blacknall's mission, uh, we sent them, we sent the Boswells to Princeton, we sent the Stulaks to Saskatchewan, we, uh, that guy, Stephen Krupe, took our Maggie Holland off to Elmira, New York. <laughs> We, we sent the Eberts to uh, St. Thomas More Catholic Church. We sent Brad and Jamie to Charlotte. Any others I'm forgetting that we sent off? Right? It's part of who we are at Blacknell, the sending people into this next calling that God has for them in their lives. And as we come to the end of this year, it's good for us to look forward as well. What are we looking forward to in this coming year? To peace, calm and tranquility, right, in this coming year. <laughs> pull it together, Goody. Come on, pull it together. <laughs> Probably more confidently, we look to more change, right? Uh, we look forward to a new pastor nominating committee being elected soon. Uh, and we look forward, perhaps before next Advent, a year from now, we'll have a new senior pastor, we hope a new staff person or two working with our youth, more goodbyes, more new folks to welcome into our life together, more change, maybe sending a team of folks to uh, our friends in Beni, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. We look forward to Peace, calm, and tranquility, right? Maybe more likely than that would be that Jesus might return before Advent right, next year. And we are certain there will be more change. I think what we can say with certainty about this next year is that it will be an anxiety-filled year, right? There will be much that will cause anxious fears to rise up in us in this coming year. As we prepare to enter into a new church year, we submit to the wisdom of the church calendar and its reminder on this last Sunday of the year that Christ 
is king. As Christ the King Sunday, as we walk in these anxious days, it's good for us to be reminded that Christ is our king. And the text that we just read reminds us of this. In the seven churches in the Roman province of Asia in modern-day western Turkey, they also were in a period of pastoral transition, if you will. Their beloved pastor, John, who had faithfully pastored them for years, was gone. However, he had not retired. He was on the island of Patmos, not because it was some retirement community. No, he had been exiled there. He hadn't retired to Hilton Head. He'd been exiled to Alcatraz. And there was no FaceTime. There was no Zoom. He was gone with little means of communicating with those he loved, apart from writing letters that would have to pass the scrutiny of Roman censors. And what this pastor writes is Revelation, this last book of our Bible. And it's a vision of what is true, of what is the ultimate reality, a reality that supersedes the current suffering and anxieties that his people found themselves in. It's an evocative vision. It's a vision that captures our imaginations. There's a lot about this book that we do not understand, but what is clear is this underlying theological conviction. Jesus Christ is the king. What if, what if a year from now, we still don't have a senior pastor? Well, then Christ is the king. What if Vladimir Putin escalates the war in Ukraine? Can you say it with me? Then Christ is the king. What if he, Putin were to unleash nuclear weapons in this year? Then Christ is the king. What if a new variant of COVID broke out and we had to shut down once again? Then Christ is the king. What if all hell breaks loose? Revelation reminds us even then, Christ is the king. As we look back on this past year, and as we wonder about this next year and what it will bring, it is important for us to remember that our God is the Alpha and Omega, who is and who was and who is to come. I want us to look briefly then at our text that tells us about our king. Our text tells us who Jesus Christ is, and it tells us what he has done for us. In verse 4 of Revelation 1, John extends grace and peace to his flock from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne who reflect the, the completeness of the Holy Spirit, and then completing the Trinity from Jesus Christ. And then in verse 5, he tells us, Three things about who Jesus Christ, our King, is. He says, first, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. The Greek word for witness here is the same word for martyr. Jesus is the faithful martyr. As John's church members face persecution and even martyrdom, he reminds them that Jesus Christ is the faithful martyr. He was obedient, faithful even unto death, even death on a cross, Jesus suffered the worst that the world can throw at us, and he remained faithful. He trusted God to the end. He is the faithful witness because he testifies the truth about who God is. He is the image of the invisible God 
In him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. When we see Jesus, when we hear Jesus, we see and hear God himself. Everything he said and did is a faithful witness, reliable testimony to who God is. That is why everything we say and do is centered on Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Secondly, he says that Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead. He was a faithful martyr even unto death, and he was raised to life, firstborn of the dead. Our king suffered death, sin and evil, and the evil one did their worst. All of our what-ifs happened to Jesus. What if evil triumphs over good? What if injustice prevails? What if one who is truly good, wholly good, were to suffer what sinners deserved? Whatever we can imagine that would make us anxious, something worse than that has already happened. God himself was killed by human beings. Satan was finally victorious over God, but only for three days. Because Satan could not hold him down. (laughs) Can I get an amen? (laughs) Satan could not hold him down, right? Death is not more powerful than our king. My sin and your sin are not more powerful than our king. And we love this story. We love its story because it is true. Whether it's Gandalf rising up from the abyss or Harry Potter coming to life in Hagrid's arms, right? And to defeat Voldemort, there is a deeper magic then the wages of sin is death. That deeper magic is Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead so that we might receive the free gift of eternal life with God. And then thirdly, John tells us Christ the king is the ruler of the kings of the earth. John writes this from Patmos, from prison, from an island he cannot escape from. He writes this at a time when Roman emperors were keen to persecute Christians and his congregations must have been tempted to doubt it, to doubt that Jesus was the king. There was lots of evidence that Caesar was in charge, that Caesar had the ultimate power, that no one could thwart his power. There was lots of evidence that violence was king. But John reveals to us that even then, even now, Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Whatever power kings and presidents and generals have is only wielded by the permission of Jesus Christ. At any moment, he can remove that power. And this is crucial for us. What this means is that we do not have to resort to using the weapons and the means of the world. Christ is the king means that we are set free to fight for what is right by the weapons of our king. We don't have to fight fire with fire. The world goes goes to war using violence and coercion and lies and slander. And when we fight for life, we fight for truth, for justice, because Christ is the king of the rulers, is the ruler of the kings of the earth, we don't have to fight using violence, coercion, lies, and slander. Instead, we can fight with compassion, sacrifice, nonviolent resistance, and truth. We can even fight with confession and vulnerability and humility. 
we can love our enemies because Christ is the king, the ruler of the kings of the earth, and he will prevail and his ways will win. Christ is the king. Hallelujah, right? Christ is the king. And verses 5 and 6 tell us not only who he is, but what he has done. They tell us the three things he has done. First, he loves us. <laughs> Christ is the king, and he loves us. He doesn't love us in general. He loves you in particular. I think one of my least favorite children's messages of all time, right, was one that had a the, was not me, uh, just to be clear, <laughs> person dressed up as a, as a clown, and they had a big up inflated globe of the world, right? And the message was, God loves the world, and the clown gave the, the globe a hug, right? <laughs> Isn't that beautiful, right? And that, when we say God loves us, it's not like that at all. He doesn't, like, hug the globe, right? <laughs> God loves us. He loves each one of us individually, particularly. He knows us and he loves us. He listens to each one of us. He cares about what we have to say when we talk to him. Have you ever had that experience? Someone says, hey, how are you doing, Dave? And I go, well, let me tell you. And I get like three sentences in and you can tell they're like looking over my shoulder. They're like, okay, this is too much. Like, right? That's not how God loves us. He wants to hear what we are thinking about, what's on our hearts and minds. And he loves us, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He loves us that much. Secondly, John tells us that he, he loves us and he has freed us from our sins by his blood. Beloved, we have stories to tell here. And in Blackmail, we have stories that we can tell about this. Stories in this congregation of addictions that have been broken. Stories of marriages that have been rescued. Stories of deep-seated shame being overcome by the love and grace and forgiveness of our King. Stories of how you and I have deserved judgment, and yet our King has poured out into our lives grace and love overflowing. Why? Because he has freed us from our sins by his blood. And then thirdly, finally, Christ our King has made us a kingdom and priests who serve his God and Father. We are a kingdom and we are priests. This is our purpose. This is who we are called to be at Blackmail. We are a kingdom. Our life together should reflect his kingship, the way we love each other, the way we talk with each other. The work we do should be an image of who our King is. When someone enters into our life Together here at Blacknall, they should be getting an aroma of who Jesus is. They should be receiving a vision of what God's kingdom will be like when it is fully revealed. Yes, we fall short. Yes, we are still sinners who mess up, who hurt one another. But even in that, we demonstrate God's kingdom by the way we extend grace to one another. When neighbors enter into our fellowship, they won't see perfect Christians they will see sinful, broken people like themselves who are able to forgive and be forgiven. We are a kingdom that reflects God's kingdom. This is why it's so important for us to be in relationship with brothers and sisters in, in Beni in Congo. It is why it's so important that we are walking alongside our friends at Reality Ministries. It is why it's important that we strive 
to find ways to break down the dividing walls that the, our world has built between young and old, Democrat and Republican, rich and poor. And we are priests, priests who serve our God and Father. A priest is a bridge between God and his people. We are priests who bring people to God. We bring them to our Father in prayer. Those who are unable or unwilling to come to God, we bring them to our Father in prayer. And we are priests who bring God to our neighbors, to those who will never set foot inside a church building, to those who would never pick up a Bible. We introduce them to God. We bear witness to God. Christ the King has made us priests. That is who we are. That is our work and purpose. Beloved, who knows what this next year will bring? Probably not. Peace, calm, and tranquility, right? Certainly change will come. But what won't change is who is the king. Jesus Christ will not be surprised, nor will he be threatened by what will happen in this coming year. John says to us, look, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That is our certainty. Let us pray. King Jesus, we worship you. We give you glory and honor because you are worthy. Lord, help us to be your people. Help us together to reflect your kingdom. Help us to be faithful in your calling to us to be your priests. That you might receive the glory and honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.